Your spoken image is more than just the words you say. It's how you connect with your audience, how you convey your expertise, and it's how you leave a lasting impression. Hey there, this is April Lokar with Semi-Conventional, and I wanted to talk to you about your spoken image strategy. This is an offer that isn't just about refining your speaking skills. It's about aligning your message with your mission to create a meaningful impact. As part of your spoken image strategy, we start with a personalized strategy call. Your transformation really begins with this one-on-one strategy call where we get clear on your goals. We also align on the spoken image pillars that will streamline your talking points, ensuring every word you speak drives your vision forward. And then we have ongoing support as part of this as well. Your transformation doesn't stop at the end of the call. You'll then get two weeks of unlimited audio messaging support, and that gives you direct guidance from me as you refine and implement your strategy. So whether you have questions, need feedback, or just want to bounce ideas around, I am here to support you seamlessly. If you're an entrepreneur or a professional who has an upcoming speaking engagement or a networking event, if you aspire to be an impactful speaker in your industry, and if you see value in focusing and elevating a specific area of expertise in your business, we need to talk. If you're ready to speak with purpose and passion, book your spoken image strategy session today at semiconventional.com slash spoken image. Now back to the show. Your spoken image helps your audience learn who you are and your personality. And what's more personal than stories? This month on Her Spoken Image, the focus is all on stories. But how do you know when a personal story is appropriate for your audience? Today, we're tackling how to use personal stories in professional settings so you can remain authentic without getting more vulnerable than you feel comfortable with. Before we get to that, I have to remind you about the free virtual networking that I'm hosting on February 8th at 9.30 a.m. Pacific. This is not another event with a bunch of breakout rooms where you just have to make small talk with a bunch of people that you may or may not be interested in meeting. What we're going to be doing in this event is getting to know each other collectively and then sharing contact info so you can connect one-on-one with the people that you vibe with. So go to semiconventional.com slash networking to learn more and sign up. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome to Her Spoken Image. I'm April Lokar, founder of Semi-Conventional and thought leadership consultant. Are you ready to make a greater impact using your unique perspective? I know what it's like to realize you're in the middle of your career and want to create a new path. I've pivoted from school teacher to corporate trainer to entrepreneur with lots of lessons learned along the way. If you want to use your authentic voice to speak up with confidence, you're gonna love it here. Each episode, you'll get actionable tips to master public speaking like a pro while honing your spoken image so your message comes through loud and clear. And we'll do all this through a semi-conventional lens that blends a little tradition with a lot of feminist perspective. Sound good? Then let's get into it. All right, everyone, today we are getting 
personal. And by personal, I mean, we're talking about personal stories and how to use them in a more professional setting. Now, I will caveat this by saying I don't love the word professional. We've talked about this on a very early episode. But for today's purposes, we're talking about professional setting in any business context, career context, whether that means your social media, which is related to your business or your job or your career, or your entrepreneurship journey and interactions that you have along the lines of that. So today, when I talk about professional setting, just think anything that's not you hanging out with your friends. Before we even talk about how to use personal stories, I want to talk about why. Why should we even be thinking about personal stories in a professional context? Well, when we're in professional settings and we want to make something really memorable or relatable, oftentimes personal stories are the easiest way to do that. When we tell stories, it makes an emotional connection to people that you're talking to. And that's not to say every story you tell has to be a tearjerker, but that emotional connection of them feeling what you were feeling in the time, whether that's happy, sad, angry, frustrated, whatever the case may be, right? But that type of just bare emotional aspect is really what we're getting at with using personal stories. And if you use someone else's story or maybe an anecdote of someone that you know, right? Those are all good connections as well. But a personal story where you are involved or it happened to you with you around you, that is so much more connective with your audience. Personal stories also help to show the real you, right? It gives context on maybe a situation you were in, a period of time, something about your family, your background, anything along those lines. It paints that picture of who you are. So those personal stories that you can pull from to share a meaningful outcome are really going to help people get to know you really quickly. They also make you really relatable. And a clarification I also like to make on the word relatable is it doesn't necessarily mean likable, right? Sometimes we get those two intertwined where they're not. So relatable just means that people can, you know, empathize and put themselves in your shoes and they can envision what was going on and relate your story to something that maybe happened to them. Likeable is an entirely different thing. And I always think about this with, you know, stand-up comics. You might find some of their material really relatable, but it doesn't necessarily make you like them as a human being, right? You might think, oh, wow, that's maybe not somebody I would want to be friends with, but I can relate to their story and what they're talking about. And the point here is that you don't need to be likable for people to make that emotional connection with your story and take away the message that you're trying to paint. So we know it's a good thing to use personal stories, right? It makes you shine with your authenticity and your relatability. But how do we do that while balancing transparency and privacy and maybe some professional boundaries along the way as well? So first things first, you really need to be mindful of the relevance of your story. Now, I am sort of known for taking 
something that maybe feels out of the blue and pulling it in as an example into something in a professional context. For example, the other day I was working with a client and we were talking about uh, something that they were working on. And the example that I brought up was, okay, when you're giving this presentation, ask the audience, who here, by a quick show of hands, likes going on an island vacation, right? You're going to get a bunch of people that raise their hand. But then you can say, but when you're at work and in a work setting, who likes to be deserted alone on an island and working in a silo, right? Super quick. I mean, that took like 45 seconds to bring that relatable example in. And again, that's not a personal story necessarily, although my honeymoon was in Jamaica, still one of the best trips I've taken in my life. Jamaica is amazing. But I use that example to show you that it doesn't have to seem like something that relates immediately. You just need to be able to make the connection and make it relevant. So with your personal stories, you want to think about how are you going to make this story relevant to the topic at hand? In addition to a story being relevant, it also needs to balance privacy. Now, there's a lot of people involved in a lot of stories that maybe don't want their name image likeness essentially shared with all of the people that you're going to use this example in in a professional context. So think to yourself, how would this person that's involved in this story feel if I were to share this with hundreds and hundreds of people? If you're not sure, err on the side of privacy and you can change names. You can sort of redact information from the story. And instead of saying, oh, my college roommate, Suzanne, drank too much at a party in the year 2002. And, you know, you you can go on and on with stories like that, I'm sure. So instead of saying somebody's name, placing it in a year or even a location, you can kind of redact that a little bit and say, oh, man, I had a really close friend back in, you know, the early 2000s. And in college, you know, we had this really, you know, crazy day or, yeah, she drank a little too much or something like that, right? You can paint it in a much different light and not give a lot of super specific personal details about other people in the story. Also, when it comes to balancing privacy, you're going to want to read your audience a little bit as well. Is this an audience of people that you're really close with? Is it a really small group of interconnected people? Or is it, you know, 3,000 random strangers? Um, Those are going to be very different audiences where maybe you want to keep things a little more vague. It's also worth noting that balancing transparency and authenticity can feel like it's at odds with one another. But I want you to keep in mind that That same sort of thing that we've been talking about with our networking conversations, where you don't have to share all of you all at once to be authentic, right? You can share bits and pieces that are part of your authentic self and still remain transparent, but not so vulnerable that you feel uncomfortable, right? I don't want you to put yourself in a position where you are talking about, you know, your past childhood traumas and a difficult upbringing in a room where you don't feel comfortable doing so because you felt like, well, that's a personal story and it makes sense here. So I guess I should just tell it, right? 
If you don't feel comfortable telling a story, don't force yourself to do it. Make sure that you balance transparency, authenticity, and your own level of comfort. As an example, we were in one of my previous jobs, we were revising the dress code policy because many of us brought it to the attention of our human resources team that many of the rules in our dress code policy were very gender specific. Um, Let's say there was like 30 bullet points of what to wear or not wear. Probably 28 of them were very specifically geared towards only things women would wear or not wear. So it was very specific. And the the topic at hand in this meeting of many supervisors and our HR team and myself, it was all about leggings and whether or not leggings being banned from the dress code was appropriate. Now, I won't get into the details of how that all went. I think I've written about that on my blog in the past. But the point was, I brought up a story where I was in elementary school and I went to public elementary school. And our dress code was that boys had to wear collared shirts and girls had to wear skirts or dresses, no leggings, no pants underneath the skirts or dresses. Mind you, this was in the 80s, right? So it was very popular to do that. But we were not allowed to do anything other than wear a skirt or dress and look like the precious little girls that, you know, our principal thought we should be. And in that context, I told that story at my work meeting to say that it feels really biased and potentially discriminatory when you are the person that has to comply by these very gendered and restricting rules. And so that was an example that I gave in that meeting, but I didn't go into, you know, all of the times that I felt like it was super unfair and all of us girls not only had to wear our dresses and skirts, but if we wanted to play on the playground, we had to then wear shorts underneath them so that, you know, we didn't go flashing everybody with our underwear and all of that sort of thing. I didn't go into all of those little details because it was sort of irrelevant at that point in time. I didn't need that level of vulnerability in that meeting. That would have taken it probably beyond the professional context that I felt was appropriate at that time. So that's where I redacted a little bit of the additional details and the vulnerability and, you know, how I felt about my principal and some of those extra key details that are, you know, important in my head, but weren't important for the relevance of that story. So this is really where we're balancing relevance, the transparency, the authenticity, and privacy of other people involved. If all of that wasn't tricky enough to balance, then you get to the point where you say, well, April, this is all well and good, but how do I even think of relevant stories to pull into my professional context? And to that, I say it is a lot easier than you think. Now, some people are born with the gift of stories and remembering everything that ever happened, or at least their version of it, right? Our memories are fallible. My father-in-law has a story for every example you could ever think of, right? He can think of something on the spot. Hey, you know what? This is like that time where such and such happened, right? Some people are born with that gift. And if you're not, that's okay. You can develop that gift. There's really two key ways that you can develop your ability to pull out relevant stories. 
The first one is setting some time to practice. And by that, I mean setting some time aside to sit there and think, hey, what's a cool story that happened in my life? And just write it down. Whether that's in a Google Doc or a journal, just jot down some of the key elements of that story. It doesn't have to be fully formed or really well thought out. It could even be in your voice notes app, but put it somewhere that you can go back to it and, you know, fully fledge that idea at some point in time if you want to. But just getting in the habit of doing this on a regular basis, maybe it's the first thing you do in the morning, last thing you do at night, something you do on your lunch break, wherever it fits into your day, having that cadence of this is where I'm going to sit down and really think about just a story with no context, not trying to fit it into, you know, some presentation you're giving, but just jotting it down and really collecting some stories of things that happen that you might want to use later on. That's the long-term, you know, getting in the habit of doing it kind of vibe. The second way to identify relevant stories is when you're in a pinch and you need to kind of color up a little bit of a presentation that you have or a talk you're about to give. The first thing I do in those situations is think about what is the key theme that I'm trying to find a story for. Let's say my presentation is about a big change that we're making, whether that's with one of my clients or my corporate job, and I need to find a story then about something in my life where change happened. And off the top of my head, one that I can think of that relates to my children, so it has a little bit of levity to it, is when they logged into Netflix and the interface had completely changed and they like didn't know where to find their shows and they freaked out. I mean, they were little at the time. They were, I don't know, six, seven, eight, something like that. So they were young and it just like threw them for a loop. They lost it and we had to like figure out, okay, here's how we work it. And they were unprepared for the change, right? And so that is a silly quick example that I could bring into a presentation to say, hey, when this happened to my kids, they freaked out. Now imagine the magnitude of a big change that you're unprepared for, like this one we're implementing, right? And so you can see how we can make those connections. The key with all of this, though, is thinking about what is the main theme of the story that I'm trying to find. And thinking back to, you know, some silly example that you can pull from or something that's really meaningful, right? But just kind of peruse your thoughts and your memories and things that have happened, whether they are, you know, personal outside of work or personal to something that happened to you in a professional setting. Those are all things that you can pull in to these types of presentations and talks that you're giving, um, or even just in a meeting that you're having, right? And being able to pull in those examples will really help to make the connection between the you know, business thing that you're talking about and something relatable that the people in the room can latch onto and identify with, right? Again, it doesn't have to be likable, but it needs to be relatable so they can make that connection. That's what's giving them the emotional connection to make it sink in and make it memorable. As much as I hate homework, I'm going to give you some homework. What I really want you to do is jot down a few stories that are important to you, whether it's something silly, something serious, something major, something tiny, 
write down at least three stories of things that happened in your life that you think you might want to use at some point in time, right? Don't overthink it. Don't worry about getting all the details right or, oh, is this too much information, right? We can work with that through the future episodes that we're doing on this series, but really just start to get some thoughts down from your memory bank, right? Because once we start exercising that muscle of finding stories and relating them to content, it's going to start to become really seamless for you. So that's your homework for today. And in the upcoming episodes, be on the lookout because we're going to be covering how to tell a quick story when you don't have a lot of time or for short form content, how to weave a story into longer form content without getting lost and a couple other hidden gems. So be on the lookout for the next few episodes that are coming out soon. And in the meantime, if you found anything in this episode really helpful, please share it with somebody that you think would really resonate with this podcast. Give it a share. And if you haven't yet subscribed, please do so. And I would really love any reviews that you are interested in leaving. I do read them. And it's really, really helpful to get this podcast in front of other people that need to find it just like you. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. Before you go, thanks for listening. Hit that subscribe button, then leave a review so other aspiring thought leaders can find the show and hone their spoken image too. That's it for today. And remember, I'm rooting for you.